0: Welcome back everyone to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Brandon Elliott. I'm very excited today. We have a special guest coming in from Utah. He is a money specialist, basically acting like the bank. You know, That's the best position to always be in. And somebody that was very active in the past, real estate wise, and the last several years have been focusing more on the end position, which is being the bank, being in control of everything, and literally not having to have your hands in everything right taking care of like turnkey investments mineral rights syndications so we're going to be talking about a lot of cool things behind it how this guy has retired twice by the age of 39 which is funny i definitely want to dive into that for a second there's a lot of cool things that we're going to dive into today so without further ado chris miles what is happening my friend how are we doing today
1: doing fantastic great really grateful to be here
0: yeah, man, I'm excited. So, anybody out there that doesn't know, like, who the heck you are, where you're from, and everything that you've accomplished thus far, do you mind just diving in a little bit at thirty thousand foot view for people?
1: Yeah, you mentioned I'm the anti financial advisor, right? So, yeah. I actually started out being the traditional financial advisor twenty years ago, okay. and uh, and did that for several years. and And my whole purpose was to help people and learn about money myself. Like, sure. I want to learn how to create wealth. Yet, after four years, it didn't take long to realize. Hey, you know what? People aren't financially free taking this advice, including the financial advisors like myself. Yeah. And, uh, and I saw guys who were working there since the late 70s, still paycheck to paycheck, broke, trying to save up enough money so they could finally retire and they weren't doing it. And of course, when the student's ready, the teacher appears. I remember my friend, it was just like yesterday. My friend Doug came to me and you know, I, was, I was talking to him, wishing him Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. And then I thought, well, hey, you went and do real estate investing. You quit being a financial advisor to do that. How's that going for you?" He's like, oh man, it's awesome. Like yeah. my dad and I have partnered on some deals. My dad's now already doubled his income from his being a professor at the local university. I said, he just did this four months ago. There's, yeah. that, that's, too, that's too good to be true. There's gotta be some catch here, right?
0: Like, no, and it's he's only like, two no, deals. Man, like yeah. <laughs> I
1: know, seriously, like, no, that's impossible, you know? Because remember in my financial advisor brain, we would show people the Ibison chart since before the Great Depression and what the stock market's done. It's always the top. You know, yeah. you got like inflation, T-bills and savings at the bottom. And yeah. then after inflation, real estate barely there. And yeah. I'm like, well, real estate only averages 3% long-term. Come on, you can't be making that kind of money. And he's like, no, man, it works. And then he questioned me. He said, well, how many of your clients are financially free? And how about you guys? Mm-hmm. And when I answered none to both of those questions, he said, well, there's your problem.
0: Yeah. That's so a good said, challenge well, he, right there. That's good friends to be around. I like that.
1: Oh yeah. He was in my face. And, and maybe yeah. it's just because I was throwing a little bit of ego because the thing, the truth was that I did have a chink in my armor. I was I was noticing the same thing. But when your pocketbook's tied to it, you don't really want to see it. Sure. And so when he called me on it, I said, all right, well, give me the answer. He's like, all right, well, if you're really serious and I doubt you are, go get this book, Who Took My Money by Robert Kiyosaki, right? Which yeah. says pretty much mutual funds suck. Yeah. And And then go and listen to these guys on the AM Talk Radio Show that are real estate investors here locally in Utah. And so I did. And after a few months, I was, I was battling, I was struggling. I'm like, well, what do I do? Because uh, I've just built up my business to the best it's ever been after four years. Yeah. Now what? And finally I I just realized I can't be an integrity and teach this stuff anymore. I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna never teach about money again because I felt like I was a deceiver and a liar. Even though I wasn't intentionally doing it, I just realized that I was teaching for the enemy. Sure. And so as a result, I said, I will just be a mortgage broker and I'll teach ballroom dancing. Yeah, yeah. that's what I did. You
0: did. And, I love uh, it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I was doing that for a little while, but of course I wanted to know what they knew. And so I started to learn what they had learned and learn about cash flow. right? Those are the things I didn't learn as a financial advisor because they always tell you accumulation, right? It's always about accumulating money, yeah. uh, living on really less than 3%. People used to say 4% even 20 years ago, but even back then we were saying, "Eh, 4% might be a little too much. And finally, Wall Street Journal caught up to us, uh, said last year, 3% is more like the number, not the 4% rule. Sure. So think about it. You finally save up a million bucks in a stock market that really only averages about 8% in real returns. And that's if you even get that high, because most people don't. And then you finally get a million bucks and now you're supposed to live off 30,000 a year. Yeah, I mean, you're like living in poverty as a millionaire. You're a broke millionaire.
0: Do you still and have the mindset or the belief of living off of 3%? Is that still something? That... Oh,
1: absolutely not. Yeah. No. Oh, okay, I think, okay. I think, no, I mean, that's the difference here, right? Because yeah. when we talk about doing investing with, with real estate, it's totally different. That same person with a million bucks trying to live on 30,000 a year. And of course, because they put in crappy IRAs and 401ks, even if yep. they get the match, they get taxed on that 30,000. So they really yeah. live Below the poverty line, they're like living on two thousand a month as a millionaire. Yeah. Versus like here, I mean, even conservatively, right? Like even with the clients that we have in our in our group, like with them, we go for at least a ten percent cash on cash return. You know, whether it's a pref on a syndication or ten percent cash on cash with the Turnkey Rentals or whatever it might be, ten percent. Well, that's hundred thousand dollars a year, and in many of those cases, that's tax advantaged, where they're paying little to no taxes on that money. Yeah. So they're making at least quadruple with the same money, not to mention what you can make so much more growing it. Just like we were talking about before the air. I mean, there's so many ways to make money in real estate with not just from the cash on cash cash flow returns, but we also got appreciation as, as like the cherry on top, right? We've got the fact that renters will pay down our mortgages for us. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to increase it. If you're in multifamily, of course, just by increasing the NOI, just increasing the profits in that business, all of a sudden, the value goes up, and you have an yeah. exit strategy that could be hugely profitable, or you keep it for the cash flow. I mean, there there's so many options. And when that world opened up to me, it seriously, I was like on cloud nine. Uh, it was like, holy cow! Because it, everything I was trying to do for people, I, when I'd run real numbers, yeah. see, this is the thing: figures yeah. don't lie, right? No, numbers don't lie. Don't. Yeah. But liars so figure. Yeah. Right? Liars figure because you know I would run those numbers. I would say, ooh. Uh, they're not going to make their goal. So what if I made the, the return of the stock market a little bit higher in my calculator? What if I made it 10% or 12%, which is what most people do? Oh, okay. There's more hope. Oh, what if I make inflation 2% instead of really more like 7 or 8%, which is the real inflation conservatively, right? And I'm like, what if I only make it 2%? Oh, that's better. Now they're not running out of money. It's ridiculous. So let me give you a real life example. Somebody just yesterday I was speaking with, they're forty years old, and they're, they've been packing money away. They've been packing, packing away about seventeen to twenty grand a year into their IRAs. They've got about a hundred eighty thousand between the Roths and their and their IRAs right now. And the financial advisor says, "Yeah, you guys are on good track. Keep it up." Yeah. And I said, "Well, let me put in my numbers. Like, let do me they in lend it? Re- do they
0: lend it back out into real estate at all and double dip?" No, they were,
1: they were just doing stock mutual fund stuff. Yeah, so yeah. they they had their money with the financial advisor. He was telling they're- them. You're fine. Now they had a rental property, but it wasn't, it's, it's doing okay on the return on equity side. We'll probably yeah. reposition that and move into another rental. But with what they had there in the IRA, that was their retirement. So uh, they wanted to, in 27 years, age 67, they want to have enough to retire. And they said, we yeah. want 3 million bucks. I said, well, why do you want 3 million? What are you trying to get income wise? Yeah. Oh, well, that's what he told us we need. If we want to have income of between a hundred and 200,000 a year. And I said, okay, well, let's just say it's 120,000 a year because he's telling them to pay off their mortgage like Dave Ramsey tells you to do and all that crap, right? And by the time we got to the end of it, I put in the number that said, well, the market, you're more likely to get maybe 7.5% if you're lucky with these yeah. mutual funds after yeah, fees yeah. and everything. And I'll also put in a 5% inflation rate because that's actually conservative for the real rates of inflation even before this hyperinflation that we've been seeing.
0: Well, I mean, just the the last couple of years, like the government just announced last year, I think that it was at 7%, but I mean, realistically, you know, I think everybody knows at this point, the government holds a lot of things back and it's probably been way higher for a lot longer. So, you know, take that with the grain of salt.
1: If you you go to shadowstats.com, they'll talk about how since the 1970s, since the Carter era, they have actually manipulated, every president has tried to manipulate the consumer price index to be lower. Why? Because they, they pay the cost of living increase based on the consumer price index for social security. And when yeah. you have baby boomers retire right now wanting social security, and they want that cost of living increase. Yeah. The only way to not go bankrupt sooner is to show a conservative lower number on that number. Yeah. So he was saying even from the 1990s benchmark, right? That they were yeah. using in the early nineties, it's still about 7% higher than whatever they tell you. So sure. if they tell you 7%, yeah, it's actually more like 14%.
0: Oh yeah, right? Which, at least. Yeah.
1: At least. And you're right. I mean, if we look at reality. We look at our lifestyle because if it were really 2%, think about it. 2% based on the rule of 72 means that your cost of living would increase or it would double every 36 years. Yeah, I can guarantee you that anybody who's been around since 1986 yeah. will tell you it's more than double.
0: More right? than double. Yeah.
1: More than double. It's more like every decade you double. Yeah. And sure. that's closer to about a seven percent return, you know, or seven percent inflation rate. So I showed up even five percent. I was playing devil's advocate against me, higher return than the market usually gives, and a lower return on the on the inflation. And they were only going to have about a, a after inflation adjustment about a twenty four thousand a year lifestyle, mm. not one hundred twenty twenty four. Yeah. That's and that's before right taxes.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. And they, and they had pretty close to 3 million. But again, because inflation would kick their butts, it oh, yeah. didn't matter. I then showed them, I said, here's the alternative way to do it. I said, rather than you know putting this IRA and keeping the stock market, what if we did? We could either self-direct it or we can even look at ways of cashing it out and see if we can minimize some some tax burden there. But what if we did something different? What if we only got a conservative 10% return? Yeah. And the crazy thing is they're trying to pay off their house aggressively. I'm like, we could refinance to a 30-year fixed. We'll actually free up 1500 a month plus the 1000 a month you've been trying to pack into paying it down more. So sure. it's actually $2,500 a month we save. We'll reposition your, your rental property. We'll get a HELOC on your property too because there's $400,000 of equity we can easily access for dirt yeah. cheap. And put um, it to work. The other, so yeah. between all their real estate, you know, their home, and the money that's in the IRAs, get this we could actually increase their cash flow by $90,000 in 12 months. Oh, my 90, God. 90000 thousand—that's Now, that's
0: life-changing. That's not like in yeah. 26 years. That's like, you know, in, in one year, we could do this. Come on.
1: Exactly. Because yeah. 27 years, they don't know if they'll even be alive to experience right? that poverty. Yeah. That live live life and today. Stupid. Yeah. Exactly. That's that, so and that's, good. That's exactly I have a sign that actually says, live life today, not tomorrow, right? Let's um, go. That's why my shirt says cash flow equals freedom because it's really – that big of a difference. And that's really the drum that we've been banging is, hey, everything that financial advisors have been teaching, as good hearted as most of them are, of course. the truth is it has not worked in history, has never worked, nor will continue to work. Yeah. You've got to do something in alternative space or you have no hope of financial freedom, especially if you want to retire before you're 60,000 years old.
0: Sure. Now, let me ask, do you consider any like whole life insurance policies that are like dividends? focused
1: on? Yeah. We actually use a method called max ROI, infinite banking, you know, which we use whole life, but don't use the traditional infinite banking whole life.
0: Sure, um, yeah.
1: I got that before the last recession and I learned about that. That's actually what I learned after I quit being a financial advisor. There's these real estate investors saying, check out this infinite banking, Nelson Nash. And the concept was cool, but the implementation for it as an investor, not so cool.
0: You got to learn um, the right vehicle, right? That you can actually pull out all the money, but it still sits, stays in there, like making the strong ROI and so forth. Now, like most of them don't. So you really got to find that right one.
1: That's right. Like, for example, one way you should know is that in the first year, you should only have about 20% of costs coming out of your cash that you're putting in. 20%, maybe 25 if you're older and bad health but that's pretty much it. If you're paying more than that in the first year, and by the way, you should at least break even by about year five, maybe year six, where you have just as much in cash as what you paid into it. So it actually becomes like this tax-free supercharged savings account that's protected from lawsuits and creditors in most states. Sorry, San Diego sucks and California, yeah, yeah. they they don't like to protect any money, but um, they protect a little bit of it, but not a lot. Yeah. But that's true. Like that, The cool thing about that is if you use it right as an investor, don't use it for the whole supplemental retirement, And definitely don't use it to pay off your cars or your houses like they all tell you to do. Because here's the thing that's crazy is that they'll say, oh, you borrow from the policy at an interest rate, and then you just pay yourself back interest. Uh 100% false. You do not pay yourself back interest in those policies. The truth is, is what's happening is you're getting a line of credit against that cash in there. So, yes, that cash is growing in there. Tax-free compounding much better than point nothing percent in your bank account. It should be getting about four to five percent a year, tax-free. Yeah. But you're getting a line of credit against it, whether it's from the insurance company or a private bank. Yeah. So it's you're not actually paying interest to the your your money at all. What you're doing is you're just paying to the line of credit, paying it down just like you would on a HELOC, and you can of course run it back up, run it down all you want. So again, they always tell you, oh, pay your cars. Well. If I can get a three percent loan or four percent loan on a mortgage or on a car loan, why would I pay four or five percent on an insurance loan? Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't. I would leverage the bank as much as I can. I love getting HELOCs, pulling all that money out, and not letting the bank cut down that line of credit, keeping that money in cash. But instead, anything I can't I can't use the leverage, like the bank. For example, a down payment on a property that twenty sure. or twenty-five percent you put down, perfect. Use that money from your life insurance policy to put it as a down payment. And then you take the cash flow and run it back to pay down that line of credit. Sure. Um, the cool thing is, if I'm getting 5% here, they're only charging me 3%, like with certain banks, you can actually get as low as 3% yeah. here. The I'm arbitrage. making three percent in this place yep. and yeah. know, I'm making the arbitrage and I'm making money in the investment at the same time. So I'm double dipping in two places,
0: yeah, but it's got to be set excellent. up right. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be set up right. That's the thing. I love that. I know this is very side tangent not even a tangent, but I'm just curious your opinion on gold and silver. What do you think behind um, it? I love it as,
1: a, as an, a protection strategy, but not so much as an investment strategy, yeah. right? I use it more like, I call it Powell insurance. You know, if the feds just keep raising, you know, keep printing money or doing whatever they do to buy their assets and sell yeah. off their assets, you know, and that inflation hedge is great to have, you know, so, you know, we'll have a certain amount of physical gold and silver. Don't buy the ETFs, you know, like from the stock market, just like you don't buy REITs yeah. from the stock market. Ah. They're worthless. They're crap. Yeah. You buy the real thing. And you know, so we buy the tangible stuff to kind of safeguard our cash that we keep in savings. Yeah. So, you know, like, for example, my wife wants to keep 200 grand liquid in cash. Now, we already know with inflation, we're getting our butts kicked. Yeah. So, what do I do? I diversify my cash savings. So, three quarters of it I keep inside my whole life insurance because that's keeping up pretty close to inflation, right? Sure. Um, so, I've got that money there that's protected. Now, I've got some money in cash in the bank, you know, like savings in the bank, I've got some money in online savings. But then we also keep cash in our own, you know, in our house. You know, we keep actual physical cash. We also keep gold and silver as well as those inflation hedges. You know, just kind of protect that money and and, and again, ensure that it's growing. the, The savings are growing along with inflation.
0: And what's your address? I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just just playing with you. Uh, Don't Um, worry,
1: we got lasers and sharks yeah, yeah. lasers on our heads, all that stuff, you know.
0: Dude, you are a father of eight. You got the Brady Bunch. That is a SWAT team right there. So I love it. Tell us about your kids for a second, because, you know how somebody can be the level of success that you have and actively in real estate helping out more people but still being a family man and the needs and just the care and everything else that having so many members in one house that's a lot man so kudos to you but just tell me how do you do it
1: it's tough i mean i'll tell you it's um well i mean it helps when you're financially independent right i know i can always shut down money ripples anytime i want and be fine but obviously i'm on a mission right i'm here to just you know liberate people from all the crap going on. And so even liberate especially lately, like companies been blowing up, or working like 30 hours a week, which for me is a lot. I used to be 10 or 20 hours a week just a few years ago. Yeah. And so I have to create a lot of discipline there and, and work my hours around. And when the kids are around a lot more, I, I shut down the hours and try to spend more time with them. And it's tough. I mean, they're between six and 18, you know, there's eight of them, right? I have six, my wife has two and we have yeah. a blended family together. Mm-hmm. So uh, it does help that they're back and forth between parents. You know yeah. that uh, if there's a silver lining in in uh, divorce, which I don't recommend, it is that at least it's not eight kids, hundred percent of the time, right? Sure, that makes those sense. Those people that have those kind of kids, kudos to them. That's that's tough to do.
0: Yeah, yeah, very true. Cool. So tell me more about the real estate side and what you're doing to make these strong returns.
1: Yeah, for me personally, I mean, I, I invest in a lot of different areas, and our clients will invest in a lot of areas too. I love turnkey rentals, first and foremost. I think that there's anything I learned from the last recession, besides the fact that profit and cash flow is more important than banking on appreciation, right? We talked about that before we went on the air. The fact that you definitely need to be liquid. I think that was the one mistake I made is that I I started throwing all my money into my house equity, almost like Dave Ramsey would teach, right? I was throwing it in there like, hey, "Hey, I can always get a key lock to cash it out if I need it, not realizing that the banks could shut that down at any time.
0: And just so people know out there, I'm in the same boat with Chris here. Like, I'm not a Dave Ramsey advocate, but I have been corrected by other people in the past that Dave Ramsey is good for the certain type of individual, right? Like, if you, money management is not your thing and you're used to spending more on credit cards and applying for everything, like when you don't have it, then by all means, maybe you should cut up the cards, like Dave Ramsey Mm -hmm. says. Maybe you should chunk off all your debt and you know, save up for the house, but there's levels to it. Uh, Eventually the only way to really hit financial freedom and really get freedom is leveraging debt. And there's a difference between good debt and bad debt. So just be, you know, clarify that stuff. But I haven't met one billionaire that hasn't leveraged debt to be able to get to where they're at today. It's just, I mean, that's just what it is.
1: It's true. Well, and you hear a lot of times, you hear some multimillionaires or billionaires and you know, they'll, they'll say, Oh, I paid off all my debt. Well, yeah, because they had so much money burning through the hole that was like phase two for them. But sure. that wasn't originally what got them there. I mean, a lot uh, of them were business owners or real estate investors. Almost every time, yeah. And when they're doing it, they were leveraging debt, guaranteed. You know, yes. like if they they could have bootstrapped it, but again, without massive profits of their company, they weren't really making it debt free. Ma- and that's, that's people- why I, I get the Dave Ramsey poster children that yeah. come to us. They're like, "Hey, I paid off all my debt. I've got all this money in savings. I'm not financially free yet. Like, where's the freedom?" I'm like, well, that's that's why we got to do this differently.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's two levels to it, right? You got to start off with that. And then once you get your understanding of management, money management together, then the investment side comes into play.
1: Yeah. If you're a spendaholic or you're broke, you know, great. Dave Ramsey will help you for sure. He's great. (laughs) He's a great man. I think he really does want to help people and he's helped a lot. But it's kind of like taking a college course 101. It's like, if you take a 101 course, you're not going to get your PhD from just taking the 101. That's a great start. But then you gotta graduate and start taking upper level classes to eventually get your PhD in money, right? And, and that's why you have to go beyond what he teaches. So yeah, so type of investments I've done, like like I said, I like turnkey, long-term rentals, those are great. Yeah. Safer because again, I can own and control the asset. That's the one thing I lost was control in the last mm-hmm. recession. So I like knowing I have multiple exit strategies there. But then again, I'm more of a passive investor now than an active investor. I realized I didn't want to be an active investor as much. I do like what you're doing with short-term rentals. So I just need to find a better way to do it passively. But systems. Uh, but from there, I mean there's uh and you're like, I know way. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I also like syndications, you know, like I like doing things with like multifamily apartment stuff, you know, or, or a lot of my clients will do things with self-storage, which I think is a great opportunity right now as we move towards a recession, right? You know, I also have things with raw land. Like I love the fact that I have somebody managing raw land that we're buying and my hundred thousand pay me over forty four hundred a month of cash flow every month, yeah. right? And that's growing every month you know, do things with like mineral rights, you know, I mentioned kind of like in the oil, but more like oil with real estate, not so much oil drilling. And that, I mean, just like leasing land and stuff. I mean, making 10 to 15% cash on cash returns on that, you know, and so just, you know, a variety of things to kind of diversify among the alternative space. A lot of it, most of it's all real estate based. Yeah. But the nice thing is that with even within the real estate asset class, there's so many different ways to diversify. You start looking at mutual funds, you start realizing, wait a minute, those mutual funds are high risk, mediocre returns. Why would I go that route? Why would I go a route that I have so little control, so little on, on passive income side versus doing this? And just yeah. so you know, I used to be a stock trader. I used to teach yeah, people yeah. how to trade stocks and options. <laughs> and I met guys that were making, it, just so you know, the best stock traders really only make about 20, 25% a year. I mean, even George Soros, who's been doing it for decades, is only average about 24, 25%. So when they tell you, oh, I'm making 100%, yeah, you're making that Sometimes today, but uh, what about tomorrow? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I have a guy from California that that does options trading, teaches people how to trade the options, and he hired us because he said, you know, honestly, I need to know how to make passive income. <laughs> even yeah, though yeah. he's teaching people how to trade in the stock market, even he's like, no, that's not a good way to live. He's like, yeah. it's it's just management, and there's not really cash flow there. It's it's just trying to grow my money, but it's not giving me actual income.
0: And there's still risk. It's like, you know, so try to find something that's less risky with more guarantees attached and something that is protected by a physical asset instead of, you know, the stocks that God knows what Elon Musk says today, you know, and messes up your your Tesla stock. It's like, ah, Jesus.
1: (laughs) Well, and now they say that 90% of stock trades are all AI. They have nothing to do with humans actually pulling the triggers. It's all AI now. Yeah. So all they look for is they just search out search out among the web looking for keywords that would either tell them to trigger buys or sell signals. Yeah. I mean, all you have to do is have media do some crazy stuff. And media, it, media, sadly enough, is the one that actually moves the market regardless of how good or solid the company looks.
0: Yeah. And not to go on a media kick, but you guys do the math and the research on how uh, accuracy the media is actually teaching and promoting out there besides fear and all the other BS. So, Chris, let's give a a live breakdown of, you know, let's see, you know, the turnkey situation financially. How are you finding these deals and how are you funding them? Are you trying to leverage as much as possible or are you okay with paying the whole thing cash or or getting some kind of financing so you can arbitrage?
1: It depends. I mean, I generally, as a general thumb, love to utilize as much as much leverage as I can get. Right. Which is generally, you know. 75 to 80%, depending on the deal you're doing and your situation. Yeah. So I want to do as little down payment as possible with with, you know, using the bank, you know, using yep. that cheap money that we get from the bank. Cheap um, money, and, baby.
0: And
1: that's right. I mean, it's yeah. it's really, I mean, when you look at safety, which is weird because some people think that debt is risky, but in that situation, you're putting 20 or 25% down. That's not a big risk situation, really, when you think about it. Yeah. Uh, because
0: it's a really, big difference too in comparison to like 2007, 2008 type of thing when it was all adjustables, like variables, right? Yeah. In comparison to everything now is really getting promoted on the fixed side, which is good. It's, you know, mm-hmm. if you can afford your monthly payment today in the next five, 10 years, then you will be okay, whatever that looks That's
1: like. That's right. That's exactly it. Yeah. It's, well, it's really about profit. That's the one thing I learned from last recession was that. I was buying properties, banking on appreciation, even if they were negative cash flow, because I thought, well, even if you're negative cash flow, we'll make up for it when we sell it. We'll make the profits back then, which is a horrible strategy because what if <laughs> it doesn't appreciate? What yes. happens then? You know, What if you have to hold on to it? And that's the thing I like. That's the thing I like about turnkey rentals, because just like what you're doing in, in California, if you wanted to, you could turn those into short-term rentals, right? It is assuming the community will allow it. That's the thing sure. you have to understand. But Your city and everything. You know, worst case, you're like, okay, I'm doing 30 day rentals. I'm doing longer term, short term rentals or whatever yeah. you might do. There's so many ways to pivot and turn and move, especially if the property is profitable. And so that, so I, I generally look for like yeah, properties with my turnkey contacts. I don't find them myself. I just use turnkey companies that are in certain markets, like in the Midwest or Southeast. Mm-hmm. And depending on what's going on, and that's Midwest and Southeast today, that could change. That could change in a few years. You know, I remember. You know, around the time of the recession, Boise was actually a really good place to sure. be. You wouldn't think, not so much now because they're appreciated so much like all, most of the Western half of the United States. Now it's really hard to get good cash flow on those kind of properties. But, you know, I look at those markets and say, all right, where, you know, where do I have where there's still lower prices, but I'm getting good rents, you know, where I can make at least a, even after the financing, even after paying property managers and everything, I'm making at least a 10 or 11% cash on cash. I love and, that. You know, there are some clients I have that can't get a loan for whatever reason. Great. I've got turnkey providers that have some really good cash on cash where, you know, maybe it's like in, in mobile homes, right? Yep. Where you can't get bank lending, but they can still get at least a 10 or 11% cash on cash return, even without the lending. Yeah. Um, with in, if you investor private money,
0: financing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's even better.
0: Oh yeah, honestly private money feels good in my opinion because you're helping out a mm-hmm. mom and pop, like you're you're helping out good hardworking people that have saved up 50, 100k or whatever. Maybe yeah. a neighbor, a friend, a family member, you know, which is nice. But like how we you know, I don't think we were recording at the time, but when we initially first started, we were talking about appreciation, right? Like you should never huh. bet on appreciation. You should treat it as like icing on the cake, right? You should go after yes. cash flow, passive income, leverage and getting you know, income coming in, but appreciation is not bad when, when it does work out right. When, you know, it is the, Oh yeah, I'll take it. And that's why I did bring up not to like recirculate back to the gold thing, but why I'm not personally like a big advocate on gold or silver is, is simply that, yeah, it's a, it's a one item thing that you can shine. And you know, when people come over for dinner, it looks nice. You can show it off, but it can go up in appreciation in the future. But a physical asset like real estate, real estate class, you can rent it out. You can get the benefits of that shiny item when it goes up in value in the future, five, 10 years down the road. But also the monthly that can really take Mm -hmm. care of you financially, which is awesome.
1: You're absolutely right. And well, that's why when I tell people, I only buy it as insurance, right? And That's what insurance gets my money. It doesn't mean you buy a ton of it. Like I have some clients that they come to us and they're like, oh, I got 50 or $100,000 worth of physical gold or silver. Yeah. I'm thinking... Why? Like, I'm, like, yeah. I'm like, I know why you're doing it because you don't trust the government. Well, I don't yeah. either.
0: Yeah but certainly.
1: I also like cash flow. I want yeah. passive income, and that does not pay me passive income. It gives you warm fuzzies, but at the end of the day, it doesn't give you money in your bank, right? Yeah. And that, I think that's what's really important. And you're right, real estate, I mean, oh, especially when you buy a leverage, the fact yeah. you make money from the actual rent profits, yeah. you're making money from them paying down your mortgage for you, right? So yeah. if you're worried about debt, well, they pay it for you. There's the appreciation, tax like I mentioned, and tax benefits. Yeah. You know, I mean, really, I mean, that, that, like I said before, like with those people I mentioned really? about 90000 a year of cash flow versus $24, yes. you know, it's the most of that's tax benefit. Like that's yeah. money that they're not even paying taxes on. I mean, that's yeah, such a on. different way.
0: Yeah. And that's why like, we're big advocates on, on leveraging. You know, we teach credit as well for Credit Council Elite. We've purchased yeah. properties with credit cards. We've completed all of our remodels with credit cards. So we stop getting mm-hmm. screwed over by contractors. We've done the private money and even hard money lending, acting as the bank, but utilizing credit, doing exactly yeah. what the banks have been doing to us forever of we give them all of our money. They give us peanuts back 0.00%. And then they leverage it back to us on personal loans, private loans, mortgages, auto, all that stuff. You know, we're doing the same exact thing as 0% interest with credit yeah. cards. So there is a good difference. There's a huge, huge difference between the good debt and bad debt and how to leverage it properly, like you have as well. I love it. That's right. So tell me about what you're working on now. And I want to hear. You know, like how you're serving people and and how people can get a hold of you at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, I mean, really, what we're working on is just banging that drum. I mean, we really want a thousand people minimum financially independent by 2030. Let's go. And, and I'll tell you, it's it's not as hard as people think. I think that's the biggest thing to have to get through people's heads yeah. is that one mm-hmm. don't think that anything with financial traditional financial advice has worked yet. It yeah. hasn't. It's one of the most underreported things in the media right now because. Most often, you got guys like Fidelity and Merrill Lynch paying their media advertisements because they have billions that they put into marketing. You're not going to hear them trash talk those companies saying, hey, you know, retirement's not working for people. It it hasn't been. The baby boomers, you're going to start seeing this more and more. Baby boomers are going to say, we need Social Security because we can't make it. We're living too long now for the money that we have when we run out. It's pervasive.
0: And and think about what that's going to look like for the future for us, for social security. I mean, will it even be around? Like that's that's one of those things. Don't bet on the government, people.
1: (laughs) Nope, you can't. It's really about your own financial independence. It really is about becoming independent, not relying on those sources. You should never have a plan that you only have one path. And if that path doesn't work out, you're screwed. Yeah. You
0: know, every good financial
1: plan it has to have multiple ways to exit and move and pivot in case things change. Hmm. That's what creates financial freedom. And you know, not just from a number standpoint, but also from an emotional standpoint, because you know, if something goes wrong, I have a contingency plan. I've got a plan B, C, D. Yeah. I can move in. And it doesn't mean I won't get scathed, but I'm going to be much better off than somebody who says, stock market went down. Oh, well, I guess yeah. I got to wait for another 10 years to retire, which is what my dad said. He waited 15 yeah. extra years from when oh. he thought he would retire because of all the Y2K and then the great recession and everything else. Yeah, You, you should never be in that position. And so, so that's what we're really up to. We're here to educate. I have the Chris Miles Money Show you guys can follow. It's uh, You can find out on YouTube or iTunes or wherever. And then we also have our company moneyripples.com. We actually have a passive income calculator on there. You can take to find out how much passive income you could create in the next 12 months. So it actually uses, just you know using the same kind of questions I asked to figure out, well, what's that number? You know, The yeah. funny thing is the couple we found 90,000 for, because we decided to dig deeper, the calculator only said 43,000. And I thought that was pretty impressive. But then cool. when wow. it was all said and done, it's like, whoa, there's more here that I didn't yeah. even realize, because you guys didn't know it was here. So yeah. that's the kind of stuff that I love. That's the stuff that fires us up, That helps us really know that we can create people that would be financially independent and not you know worrying about the what if scenarios or thinking they're going to work until they die it's about yeah. hey i want to be in a position where i work because i want to not because i have to
0: when you educate somebody on how they can hit their goals and go above and beyond their goals and do it in way less time than they could have ever imagined then man the feeling right there i just can't even imagine it it's like never seen before which is awesome it's such an amazing feeling so I definitely love it. I actually live by this for everything that I do for real estate projects for, for anything, right? I always have backup mm-hmm. plans. And I love how you mentioned that. I feel like not enough people have true backup plans. They're like all in or nothing. Yeah. And I love the mentality from it. I do. I commend people and have respect, but always have backup plans. I feel like when people fail in real estate, it's because they went with plan A. Once that messed up, and it will, like, I've never been a part of one real estate deal that there it went completely smooth the whole time. There's always something that pops up. They go to plan Z right away, right? It's B, C, you know, like they, there's so many other backup options. So have your options in place just in case if your plan A doesn't go well. I love that. Go to Chris Miles Money Show. Excited to hear more about that. And moneyripples.com.
1: Correct. Yep.
0: Awesome. Chris, you are amazing, brother. I really do appreciate your knowledge, your experience, and overall, just your, your willingness to make an impact in over a thousand people in the next few years. It's, it's amazing. I'm really excited to see the transformation because it's not just the individual, it's, it's their circle, it's their friends, it's their family, it's their circle of influence, their clients, which is, it's That's going right. to be, it's going to spread like crazy. So I'm really It's a ripple excited. effect. It Lots is. It's a money yeah. ripple. Yes, yep. yes, I love that. So, so everybody reach out to Chris. Chris, by all means, you just gave an hour of your time for me and the whole guest. What can we do to give back to you?
1: Honestly, you know, I mean, like and follow, you know, subscribe to our YouTube channel, you know, our podcast, give it a great ratings on iTunes if you like it. But yeah, I mean, that's that's the main thing right there is that we're here to spread this message and we can't do it without more people, not just listening to this advice, but actually acting on it and doing it and being living proof of it.
0: That's so good. I love it. you guys heard it here first. Chris, I appreciate you greatly, like always. Guys, if you want to uh, reach out to me, you can always do so on IG. It's going to be Brandon Elliott Investments. Otherwise, facebook.com forward slash Brandon Elliott Investor. If you are looking for do it for you services for credit repair, you can go to creditrepairmobile.com. Otherwise, if you're looking to get educated, all credit related and interested in our mastermind group for credit council elite, Where we teach you how the banks and lenders are judging you how to fix your credit very quickly i'm talking hours up to 10 business days and then getting as much funding from the bank several six figures even seven figures in funding within 12 months personal and business credit and then leveraging it being able to purchase properties with credit cards being able to do private money hard money loans start e-com businesses or travel hack for free and leveraging it then what you can do is check out www.creditcounselelite.com we're doing a education webinar every other Thursday and Saturday. So you'll see it once a week whenever you jump on there. If you guys are interested, would love to see you on there. Make sure that you hit that subscribe button for Ready Set Go Real Estate Investing podcast and leave that five-star review. Appreciate you guys all greatly. Send a screenshot to me through DMs leaving the five-star review and subscribing and I'll send you my book Action Driven or Success Profiles Magazine, where we're teaching purchasing real estate with credit. Absolutely free for you guys. Okay. So love you guys all so much. We'll see you on the next episode. Chris, you are the man. We'll talk soon. God bless. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining